This is episode 212 of the 200 Churches Podcast. I did a whole thing on children's ministry and then being clean, safe, and secure. If your children's ministry is not clean, safe, and secure, your people aren't going to feel comfortable. They're not going to pay attention to the, the music, the worship, the sermon. They're going to be thinking about the stuff they saw in the children's classroom that really made them nervous. I think of a, a local pastor here who I was doing some coaching and consulting with. He had asked me to come on a Sunday one day and um, give him feedback. And uh, I remember it, it just uh, it just scared me to death. I was walking past the room going to the auditorium. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the flotsam and jetsam of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I'm here with my partner in crime, Johnny Craig. Jonathan Craig. Ooh. How are you? You use my full name. Jonathan. I'm doing very well, Jeff. I'm just just counting down the minutes until you uh, leave town here and the church becomes mine. <laughs> hey, have at it, baby. Have at it. You want, want me to put a bow on it for you before I leave? Hey, you know, I want to be like Tom Rainer. I want to call you Jonathan. No. Because Tom Rainer's got that Jonathan guy on his podcast. Yeah, it's Jonathan, though. I'm it Johnny. makes him sound more intelligent, though. Well, nothing's going to make me sound more intelligent, Jeff. That's true, Johnny. Using my given name <laughs> is not going to help in that area. Your given name. My given name, yeah. Your given name. Jonathan. I almost expect you to drop the Michael in there on me. It's, I couldn't remember what your middle oh, name okay. was. I don't think I know your middle name. William. Oh, sure. Duh. Yeah. yeah. William. Yeah. There you go. How dare you disrespect my father like that? <laughs> That's no disrespect. <laughs> okay, oh today today we have the return from the past. Long ago. 200 episodes ago. Far away. Ago, yeah. I don't know what episode he was. I think he was episode 20-something. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, but yeah almost 200 episodes ago, this guy was an early assist to the 200 Churches podcast. Back when we were... We were just little little fish in a little pond. We, we knew nobody. We had no connections. Yeah. And we reached out to Greg Atkinson, yes. and Greg helped us out. Yeah, now we're little fish in a big pond, much bigger pond. All the way back to episode 25, Yeah, how to turn around a messy church. That's, uh, yeah. So that's what, 190 episodes ago, that's and our church crazy. is still messy. Well, <laughs> thanks Come for on. nothing, that's Greg. Why we, that's why we got to have Greg back to help us out. Hey, Greg has been doing this thing called Secrets of a Secret Shopper hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And he goes into uh, mostly large churches. They bring him in, and he just comes in as a regular Joe, a first-time guest. And he's got this huge checklist, and oh. he... And he gets he figures out everything in this church in terms of first impressions. That's pretty helpful, actually. It's very helpful, I would think, for a large church. So then he's written a book. He wrote this book. Now the the problem is this is what I don't like. I listened to him on another podcast, and I heard him talk about this. So now you know. I know, and now I don't, you don't have want that him to talk natural to us. inquisitiveness about oh, no. no. But I do want our listeners to hear what he had to say. Yeah, because it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. And he said. He's going to say it again. Yeah, you'll, I know hear he it. Is. you'll hear it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it. Hey, I didn't listen to that podcast. That's right. So He'll was... tell you why he wrote the book. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I thought that was very cool, and it goes right to the heart of our 200 churches yeah. pastors. Absolutely. Greg so. Atkinson, 
longtime friend of the podcast, very few appearances, as in this is his second. So we're glad to have him back, and here he is. Greg, so good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Do you know how long it's been 185 weeks since your last appearance? Wow. <laughs> wow is right, man. <laughs> you sound that's, nonplussed. That's a, like a four years. <laughs> Is it four years? Well, but really? the, yeah, by the time it comes out, it'll be actually 180, 187 episodes. You don't have to bark at us about it. Sorry about that. <laughs> you you were a younger man then, Greg. I'm sure you, the years that have passed have made you grow in wisdom and stature. That's right. I was in my 30s. Oh well, yeah, you've entered a whole new decade. That's right. I think I I could have been I might have been in my 40s. Yeah, I could have, could have been in my 40s, 49 maybe, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Greg, you have this thing that you've been doing. I like the fact that this dog is on here because this is like, <laughs> this is true podcast world when you have dogs barking in the background. It's wonderful. Greg, your expertise has been, uh, you, you do a number of things, but something you've been working on lately is a book that you put together. I, I heard you on the Unseminary podcast. So yes. the problem with that is I know some stuff, and usually I don't know stuff, and so I can ask my guests questions. Ah, I so, see. So, Johnny, I'll let you ask some questions. But the first one, uh, the first question I want to ask, actually, I just want to tell you, share with our listeners why you wrote the book, because I love sure. the story. I do, uh, for the past nine to ten years, I've been doing church secret shopper, or some people know it as mystery worshiper consultations with churches around the country, and I've done all sizes, styles, and denominations, but the overwhelming majority have been mega churches. I was talking with a friend and with my publisher about how the majority of churches I work with or that can afford to bring in an outside consultant are large churches, whereas the majority of churches in America are small to medium-sized churches. And so I said, I'd like to write a book that pretty much shares everything I look for when I do a consultation and you can pay, you know, $11 and get the book or six and download it on Kindle. And that way you're not paying the big price of flying a consultant out and all the expenses that go along with that. And so my heart was to try to help small church leaders by taking what I do when I travel and just putting it into book form. That's very cool, Greg. I, I worry you're undercutting your own business, but Good on you for your heart for small church pastors. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry background. What got you passionate about this idea? Well, I've been a pastor for over two decades now and served a variety of different roles and just have a good pulse and feel for churches, especially churches that are a little more attractional in, in nature and want to open up the doors each week to guests and visitors and try to see people return uh, more and more and get assimilated into the body. Attractional meaning they put a big emphasis on the weekend. I was consulting and coaching uh, church planners through ARC this association-related churches about 10 years ago, and the president of ARC at the time was Billy Hornsby, who has since passed away. We were sitting in a hotel lobby, and he looked at me and said, Greg, you need to be a secret shopper. And he said, as a matter of fact, I'll write your first endorsement. And so he wrote an endorsement for me, and he emailed it to the whole ARC network and said, you need to hire Greg to be a secret shopper. And uh, I started getting wow. contacted by churches. Yeah. And it just kind of grew from there. But over the years, 
I have really become more and more passionate because I've seen the fruit from it. And I've seen churches uh, grow and relationship that we have where they follow up with me, you know, a year or two later and say, man, we're still implementing some of the things you said. And we have we have now done this and this and this based on your feedback. And and then for for the research for this new book, I did a, a study of hospitality in scripture, you know, it's it's all throughout from Old Testament to New Testament. We're told to welcome the stranger, to welcome the newcomer, and to be hospitable. It was very exciting for me to see how prevalent it was throughout scripture to be hospitable in nature. And obviously you think of caring, loving, serving others, everything that we see modeled in Christ and those in scripture. And I shared this on another podcast, something that was fascinating to me is the qualifications of an elder or a pastor in uh, Titus and Timothy says to that you must be hospitable. So I just, over time, just became more and more passionate about this is for all of us. This isn't just for a select few. This isn't just for large churches. This is for everybody as Christians, Christ followers, uh, leaders of local churches. We should be hospitable. We should be loving and caring and welcoming to those that come through our doors. And so the passion just kind of grew over the years. I love to hear that. The passion that you're describing, I think, is something that all churches need to learn from and uh, grow from. So, you know, you say you work primarily with large churches, but you have a heart to see small churches uh, grow as well. I'm going to put you on the spot a little now, Greg. Do you translate from mega to small in your book? Because part of the reason Jeff and I started this podcast is that there's a there's a mega church language, and, and a lot of times it doesn't really connect with people in the trenches, as we like to call it, of small church ministry. So do you do a little bit of that translation for us? Yeah, again, the whole book was written to small church leaders, uh, small to medium-sized church leaders, so it's that's who the target is. Now, the thing I say, uh, and I, I, I will always say, is some things are universal. Excellence transcends. Uh, excellence is excellence. Doing things the best we can is the best we can, uh, regardless of budget size. Um, doing things the best that you can do in your context. Loving and caring others, serving people well. Those are just universal biblical themes. Uh, how that plays out as far as how many team members you have, whether or not you have a parking lot team, um, how many ushers you may have, you know, that kind of stuff. That is uh, our hospitality team, greeter team members. That is different based on scale. Some things are universal, just translate regardless of church size. So, Greg, bring us into the book here just for a minute and talk to us about some of the things that you have. But but you can't use any of the things that you used on uh, the, the Unseminary podcast because <laughs> I already heard that one, so you have to pick different ones. Yeah, Rich Birch. Forget him. You're on the 200 <laughs> Churches podcast now. I don't remember well, guys, what they were, so you'll be okay. You guys, the, your timing is great because I have a, another interview podcast coming out with Kerry Newhoff in March, and so this will come out before that, so it'll sound like his is different um, or is the same if I say something new to you. But Carrie's, um, Carrie's is yesterday's news, so by the time right. they hear you on Carrie's, 
Hopefully, uh, all of you listening, listen to Rich Birch, listen to us, and you'll have plenty of Greg Atkinson. When Kerry right. Newhoff had us on his podcast, that was the end of his podcast. <laughs> 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 it reached the bottom. Forget that guy. <laughs> so, well, so yeah, um, Greg, tell us what some of the things that you look for that small church pastors could do easily. You know, I actually was just talking uh, last week with a small church pastor that called me from California. And he had come, come across my website and was asking to, just to pick my brain. And he, he was talking about doing a uh, assimilation strategy and a kind of a spiritual formation track that he had heard me talk about on another interview. And we started talking about things. And for him, one thing that is not in his budget right now is to fly me out there and have me work with his church in a secret shopper capacity. Sure. So I told him, I told him about my book coming out. But one of the things that he was interested in and that he just hired me today to do is uh, I do online presence evaluations for churches, and that requires no travel. That's when I look at your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram, your wet church website, and I give you feedback and evaluation and critique and give you some action steps from things that could change to help you be more effective in your ministry of reaching people. And I bring that up because I'm looking at the table of contents for my new book. And chapter one is online presence. So I start with how you reach people through uh, the internet, whether it be your church website or social media. The true front door to your church is is through online presence, social media and website. People are going to visit you through social media first, primarily, and then also stumbling across your church's website and they will, uh, nine times out of ten, they'll check you out online before they ever come into the doors of your church. So that's where I started the book. And I bring that up because that really doesn't matter uh, what size church you are. Most churches nowadays have some sort of website. And so there's some real practical tips on suggestions of things that you can do with your website as well. As, um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I put down some resources for some very affordable WordPress templates and website templates and tools that you can use to build a website. Because I, I do work with a lot of church planners. As I mentioned, I used to coach church planners through our, that's something they're pretty passionate about is putting together an effective sure. uh, website, social media strategy. Greg, how, how often do you go to a, a church website and see just terrible stock photos? Like every, a rainbow day. of diversity, and then you go to their church, and it's just a whole bunch of white people. What's up with that? It happens all too often. Uh, you know, I, I tell people I always prefer to see actual real-life photos of oh, yeah. your people. Uh, the stock photos are very uh, apparent. Everybody can tell that's a photo that comes from iStock photo or something, and it's you know, it's the every ethnicity smiling in one picture. And <laughs> like, like you said, you go to your church and it's all white. And so now I have a heart for multi-ethnic ministry and seeing churches become more diverse. But I think you need to be real and authentic and genuine. Yes. Um, I wrote a blog post years ago, and I think I included it in my book, Church Leadership Essentials. But it basically said, if you promise, you better deliver. And so if you have a, hmm. a picture of uh, a multi-ethnic group on your website, they need to see that when they show up. And if you tell people we're the best this in town, they need to experience that when they come. And so you know, if you promise, you better deliver. And so it's, uh, 
it's something that uh, I do some coaching on. And like I said, I do this online presence con- consultation where for a small price, I'll, I'll uh, look because the good thing about this is I can do everything from the comfort of my home sitting in my recliner, give some feedback and encouragement of why don't you consider this or this or this. And so um, the online presence is huge. And that's just chapter one of the book. There's a a forward uh, by a pastor uh, of a church in California who I secret shop years ago. There's an introduction that kind of sets up the biblical theme of hospitality. Then there's 10 chapters, and then there's a conclusion that kind of wraps a bow on the whole thing. And so my heart and hope is that it would be just a great resource for leaders of all church sizes. Uh, But again, the specific target audience was small church leaders. Greg, when you were on with Rich Birch, I was thinking, we had Rich on our podcast, and he talked about just like pulling into your parking lot and having a, you know, having a, a legal pad in a pen and pulling into your parking lot and just start thinking, okay, what would you want a new person to experience at your church? From, from getting out of the car to walking across the street to walking in your door. And just think through at every step, you know, what you would want somebody to experience. And then to be just to begin to develop things that would meet your expectations so that people would come and actually experience what you want them to experience. So just add to that idea from what you do, because the secret shopper, you know, you show up, nobody knows who you are. You're coming in and you're secretly taking notes on first impressions and a newcomer's experience. So, so talk to small church pastors about how could you add to what uh, to what Rich said about just coming in and starting from the beginning and thinking through what a person goes through. Yeah, Rich is brilliant. I think what I would add to that is the intentional or intentionality part of that. And that is, you know, day in and day out, as we go to our church, as we go to the office, as we show up on Sundays, everything becomes familiar and routine and sometimes can get into a rut or we can lose that awareness and sensitivity of what a guest may go through. An example that I like to share is when I was a campus pastor at a multi-site church. Here I am, Mr. Secret Shopper, and I'd been at the church for about a year, and I hired a new... uh, kids pastor. And um, after he got comfortable enough to offer some feedback and suggestions um, early into his ministry there, he said, hey, has anybody thought about putting a fresh coat of paint on the front door? And I thought, wow, here I am, Mr. Secret Shopper, and I didn't even notice that we need new paint (laughs) on the front door. And uh, I mentioned that because the the beauty of an outside consultant when I when I drive up and like you said nobody knows I'm coming is I see it through crystal clear fresh eyes right and things that you have grown accustomed to jump off the page at me and so to get to Rich's point with the legal pad I think that you would need to as hard as you can and it takes a great amount of intentionality as hard as you can like he said pull into the parking lot erase everything that you could think of that you know and just walk yourself through what it's like for a first-time guest. And what I would add to what what Ritz said would be to pick a a neighbor, a a co-worker, a lost person in the community, somebody that you say, hey, do you want to earn 10 bucks or a Starbucks card? Can you come with me real quick and just accompany them drive them onto the church parking lot, 
or pay them to do their own secret shopper and give you feedback. A lot of churches will bring in an unchurched person or uh, a guest in the community or a, a neighbor that doesn't go to your church, but you say, hey, would you come just evaluate my church if I give you a checklist? I think, uh, I think sitting with somebody and experiencing it through their eyes, or if it's going to be you trying to be as open-minded as possible and try to see it with new, fresh eyes. That is such a great idea. You could actually pay people to criticize your ministry. (laughs) You know, that reminds me of many years ago, uh, my boss came to my church with me on a Sunday, and then I was going to go with him, and we were going to go out and play softball for the company team after the service. So he met me at the church, and as we sat through the service, all of a sudden I saw all of the weirdness, all of the oddities, all of the strangeness that was our church at the time. No, I wasn't the pastor then. I was just an attender. But watching the, what was going on through his eyes, I suddenly realized none of this makes any sense to this guy, and I was embarrassed. So it's the same principle of having somebody else come in and helping you to see Uh, your church through their eyes. Now, have you done this or have you talked with people who do this or have you had somebody do this at your church, Greg? Just a friend that you know. Yeah, all of the above. You know, I I asked my my family, you know, my my parents, my in-laws, if somebody comes to visit, I say, you know, what did you notice? Uh, What did you think of this and this? And so you could have your mother-in-law come visit in town and just say, hey, uh, give me some feedback, you know, take her to lunch afterwards and say, give me some feedback on how you were treated, how you were received before they knew that you were the pastor's mother-in-law, you know, how, how you were treated. Um, hmm. I, like I said, I, I'm a real big advocate of getting to know your neighbors. I know the neighbors all around me and we have a great diverse group of people that live in this neighborhood, but I know whether or not they go to church. I know what church they go to if they go to church. And so, just inviting them, hey, can, if I buy you lunch next week or bring you dinner, would you come out this Sunday and just give me your feedback on what it's like as it being a guest? You don't have to join. I'm not trying to trick you into being a member of our church. I just want to get your feedback as a guest. And so a lot of people are way more willing to help you out than you may expect. Can you give us Cliff's notes now? And we would encourage everybody to go buy a copy of this book. And you've even priced it. I mean, really really well for a small church pastor, $6 for Kindle. You said 11 for a hard copy, if I'm remembering right, but give us the cliff's notes. Give me the three big spots that you're secret shopping. Give me the, give me the three that maybe you think these are the ones first and foremost, when I'm secret shopping a church, I always start with online presence, like I mentioned earlier. And then when I come to a church, if I had, I'd probably narrow it down to a big four. One would be parking, the whole parking lot situation, how, how that occurs to people. Two would be first impressions, uh, meaning your guest services or hospitality or first impressions team, what they experience when they walk through the doors and when they're greeted, how they are ushered to their seats. Three would be signage. You know, Do they get lost if they come to your church? Do they know where the restroom is? Do they know where the auditorium is? Do they know where to check in their kids and the kids' ministry and where the classrooms are for the kids? And then along with that, number four, I would sum up children's ministry. And on a previous podcast with uh, Rich Birch, I did a whole thing on children's ministry and then being clean, safe, and secure 
if your children's ministry is not clean, safe, and secure, your people aren't going to feel comfortable. They're not going to pay attention to the the music, the worship, the sermon. They're going to be thinking about the stuff they saw in the children's classroom that really made them nervous. I think of a, a local pastor here who I was doing some coaching and consulting with. He uh, has a church of about 16 to 20 people. It's a very small church. It's in our community. And I have, I have helped him and had numerous, numerous meetings with him. And he had asked me to come on a Sunday one day and um, give him feedback. And uh, I remember it, it just... Uh, it just scared me to death. I was walking past a room going to the auditorium, and there was a couple of toddlers sitting on the floor watching a DVD on a TV, and that was their children's ministry. There was no attendant, no classroom volunteer, nobody background checked, no, no door that was closed, like a Dutch door or a gate. It was just an open room with kids sitting in there looking at a TV screen and uh, no volunteers or leaders leading that class. And it really shook me to my core. And I said, you cannot do this. Children's ministry is huge. And if if parents don't feel like it's clean, safe and secure, they're not going to return. It happened five minutes from where I live. I mean, just right down the street. I was thinking that they take Ephesians 4.12 a little too seriously, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Yeah, They've even yeah. got toddlers leading Sunday school classes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's right. <laughs> yep. So you said that when you have met with a lot of these churches, they call you back a year later, and uh, they're still working on implementing some of these things. Um, have you? How much feedback have you got from those who have read the book so far? Uh, great feedback. Now, there's not a lot of people because it just like today, like just came out. So there's not a lot of people that have read it. But the early people that I sent copies of to get endorsements and reviews from, uh, which you can find on the Amazon page or the book website, uh, great, great, great reviews. Uh, the book website is secretshopperbook.com. And you can scroll through endorsements on there and actually hear from people that actually read a, a pre-release copy of it. But yeah, feedback is is really good. It's a very, very practical book. Um, besides the introduction where I talk about the biblical passages that address hospitality, the rest of the book is just hands-on, how to do it, in the trenches, practical, practical help. I remember looking through it, Greg. You sent me an early digital version of it, and uh-huh. uh, I remember go- going through it and thinking, oh man, this is a lot of work. You know, to actually go through <laughs> is practical, but like you said, there's nothing really didactic in it. It's all just do this, do this, do this. You know, check out this, check out that, check out this area. And I think I was looking at it just before th- middle of November, maybe first part of November, just before Thanksgiving. And then, of course, the flurry of the holidays and everything else. And there it is still on my computer. And uh, so I don't have to buy it, Greg. I can just pull That's up my right. my digital right. version. Oh, jeez. And right. I'll have that digital copy available at 200churches.com oh, yeah, for free right. download. <laughs> no, we, we, won't, we won't do that. You know, yeah. we talked to somebody, Johnny. I don't remember when it was. It wasn't forever ago about this same thing, about, uh, about first impressions of your, of your church. I remember you using some outlandish illustrations about what somebody's, you know, they pull up and all the grass is real high and, you know, the the shutters are falling off the side of the building and and who really wants to go there. Right. So 
we're at the beginning of the year. This is uh, when this is coming out. It's February, yep, uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, why not get? Why not pick up this book and go through it? If you want to do some practical, here's stuff we can actually do. Yes, to make the people. Take now, your hospitality team through it. And now I'm thinking, who was it? Was it Rich that said that people that the churches don't uh, suffer for lack of visitors; they suffer for lack of visitors that come back. Yes, I think that was Absolutely. Rich. Yeah. Right, and, and that, that's that's the key behind the book is turning first time guests into second time guests. And the the thing I would add to it is, while it's you know early February, make these read the book and make the changes. Uh, pre-Easter so that you can have the best Easter ever at your church. Oh, there you go, man. Because you're going to have a lot of guests. Make sure they return. I I don't want to nitpick. I think it's going to be the second best Easter. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be the second. From 2,000 years ago, you you mean, was the best? (laughs) (laughs) Just being, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cool. Very cool, Greg. So tell us the website, the book address again. The website is at uh, secretshopperbook.com, and uh, and then you can find always details about it from my personal website, gregatkinson.com. There's a page on there that has links to all my books, but but yes, I believe it's secretshopperbook.com, and then I know there's a link on my website, gregatkinson.com, to it, but um, I hope it's a great help. My heart is to help leaders. Now, I would add to it again. It only works if you're intentional. Besides the the uh, the part of reading it, uh, you have to take these suggestions and practical tools that I give, and then try to put on a new pair of glasses and look at it with fresh eyes, and put yourself in the shoes of a guest. And that's going to require some out of the box thinking to really, really think through what would this be like if I wasn't familiar with the surroundings. And if I'm scared and nervous and skeptical, you know, what would my experience be like? Yeah, no, that's great. That's really great. We're going to have links uh, to those two websites and to to the book probably on Amazon for episode 212 of the 200 Churches podcast. So if you go to 200churches.com, you can find those. Greg, thanks so much for your time and for your passion for small churches and your work in uh, helping pastors. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I love what you're doing. Have a lot, a lot of friends that are diehard uh, listeners of your podcast. And I told them I was getting ready to record a podcast, and uh, they were just thrilled because they love what you guys are doing. And so keep it up. Very cool. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Very Greg. nice of you. Johnny, Greg had a great call to action. Yeah. Easter is coming. Yeah, I like that. That is a great call to action. And it's like any size church needs this because we right. all do stuff. Right. And we have places where we meet. Absolutely. You know, Greg is probably listening right now. And I would say thank you, Greg, for being on the podcast. I do want to quibble. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, boy. If, if our church put a parking lot attendant outside, we'd be laughed out of town. I, I don't know. We would have know. on-street parking. Well, people <laughs> need help up the sidewalk. <laughs> people need help. Somebody waving their flashlights. Park in this parking spot on the street. Anyways. You know what we should do? If your honestly, church needs it, then you need it. Some churches do, some churches don't. We should find somebody in our neighborhood and ask them to come and to do that yeah. with us. Yeah. And I'm I now Greg's uh not on with us right now, but uh I'll bet that there's a way that, I bet there's a form in that book 
that you could use to invite somebody to come to your church and just go through and rate some of these things. Absolutely. Even just to come in and what are, what are your initial impressions when you walk in the door? Were you greeted? Did you feel welcome? Did you feel out of place? I mean, just on and on and on. And then, uh, hey, take them out to eat right after church and pick their brain yes. while it's very fresh. Yeah. And and honestly, this I don't know. I don't know if this is right to say this or not. I'm going out on a limb. Hey, maybe it would be an evangelistic thing, too. It could be. Maybe somebody would say, you know, I don't really want to come to your church. And when I knew that I didn't have to come and keep coming, then just a one-off, I would do it. But, <laughs> hey, it's really not that bad. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll come back. No, you're... It's not, not the worst way to do outreach. Yeah. <laughs> especially, if, especially if you pay them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, you know, as he was talking, he said attractional churches, which has become the new, better way to say seeker-sensitive churches, because that got a bad rap. So now they're attractional churches, but I think the word attractional churches is now getting a bad oh, rap. Oh, I think so. So what I'm yeah. going to say is, if you listen and you're, ta- and you're thinking to yourself, oh, that's for attractional churches, oh, that's for seeker-sensitive churches, and yeah. you're saying it with a sneer. Right. Every church needs to worry about first impressions. Every church needs to worry about clean and safe children's programming, okay? It's not it's not to say that you have to sell your soul if that's the way you're thinking about it. It's just to say that you need to make a good first impression. Well, we appreciate Greg and his willingness to be on the podcast with us and his heart for uh, pastors and small churches. And we really would recommend go grab that book. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you think differently and uh, think well, I think, about your church and the impression that you're making on people. So thank you to Greg. SecretShopperBook.com. SecretShopperBook. Thanks for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. How's the family doing? They're doing good. Uh, my wife is in her last semester of grad school. She graduates in May with a master's in counseling, and so she's just slammed and maxed out. She just last week passed her licensing exam, so she's officially a licensed counselor. She just hasn't graduated yet, but she'll finish in May. Would you walk into the White House, you know, wearing overalls and a, a piece of, you know, wheat sticking out of your mouth? Give me a break. Okay, so your church should have a good first impression. Yeah, probably these days are not the time to talk about walking into the White House, Johnny. Johnny, why are you smiling? <laughs> we have such a political podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I like to take the opportunities when I can yeah, to just right. innocently <laughs> joke about politics because we do not talk about it on our pot. I mean, my goodness, you and I hardly talk about it in real life. Ten bucks says all of this gets deleted. It is not getting deleted. We'll see. It is not. It's going to be in the outtakes. Oh, there you go. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, man. Well, hey, have a great night, and thanks again for helping us. All right. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Greg.